This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. All right, we're back. We're back in class with Carr, Dr. Greg Greg Anthony Carr. I don't know if that's your middle name. It just, <laughs> nah, right. it just feels right. Okay. Africana Carr is where you can follow him. And I just have some specific questions because it seems like we're headed towards martial law. I feel like the president wants there to be martial law because I think under martial law, you can suspend elections, you can do all kinds of things, you can run troops into people's um, cities and states. People are scared. I need you, Dr. Carr, who also has a law degree, to kind of suss out what is martial law, when can it be enacted, and how does that bear for, you know, what does it mean for us? Okay. Let me, uh, a couple of things that I, that, that I skipped over that I should make clear about the, uh, the Act of 1807, the Insurrection Act of, 18, of 1807. There have been a couple of the times it was used that everybody here is watching probably remembers. I skipped over when I went to Katrina, I skipped over 1992 when they sent in the troops in the direction. But at, that was one where Pete Wilson actually asked for help too from George H.W. Bush. So that was another one. But Bro, Marshall, repeat that, what, 1992 was what? Remember Rodney King. Oh, in L.A. Yeah, when, when L.A. went out, yeah, the governor at that time, Governor Pete Wilson asked. So that was under, again, 10 U.S. Code 331 says you can ask the government to come in. And he asked the government to come in. 332 is when the president says, no, I'm going to come in because you can't handle it. It's also important to understand that there's also a piece in there, 333, enumerates the kind of things you can do, natural disaster, rebellion, but you also see some other interesting uh, uh, language in there. Terrorism, for example, is expanded after Katrina. 334 says that the president must declare his intent to do it. That's why he's safe now, but he's got to, the trigger for it is the Insurrection Act says that the president must immediately, he says, I want to immediately order the insurgents to, ex- to disperse and retire peaceably to your abodes within a limited time. So that's section 334. So him announcing this publicly is to set the wheels in motion. He's setting it up. Him uh, categorizing the Antifa as terrorists that's that's is to set that up. up. That's right. So he's setting the table to do this martial law thing. That's, that's right. And he must... Like. And he must then uh, trigger it by saying, you must disperse. You must, but see, here's where it gets complicated. We asked about martial law. There really isn't clear definition of what martial law is. We know the phrase, we've all heard the phrase, but let me explain it very explicitly. Martial law really means military law. But what is military law when you're dealing with a situation like this, and you want to evoke martial law. It really means, it, it, it is, it's too broad a field, the courts really haven't interpreted it, but generally speaking, it speaks to the type of law that a military commander, say a general, would evoke in a moment-to-moment situation as necessary to accomplish the objective. So it's, too, it's very broad. I'm going to declare martial law. It's not like it's a statute or a set of rules of engagement. In fact, remember, um, the movie, uh, what was that movie with Denzel when they went into Brooklyn looking for the Muslims? Uh, you know, because Bruce Willis played the military general and they occupied Brooklyn. Somebody knows it. I don't yeah, know what it is. Yeah, I don't know. Y'all but, know but, what it is. But Denzel was with the FBI and they were used to like bogarting local law enforcement, but then here come the military up over them. Like we, we basically taken over the borough of Brooklyn 
and they were putting people in internment camps and making soccer fields and stuff and, and rounding up all the Muslims and the Arabs. And it was one dude who played in Monk, the guy who played Monk in the TV series. He was Denzel's sidekick and he's a Muslim, but then they, they, they swept up his son and it was just, it was just a mess. But the, the idea of martial law in there was Bruce Willis was like, look, I'm the military. I got the hammer. The law is whatever I say it is. That's the idea of martial law. The but siege. The siege. Yes. The siege. The siege. Yes. yes. The All siege. right. I had to look exactly. that up. That's it. Okay. That's it. Yes, absolutely. But the, the problem is martial law is more of a kind of, you know, it's certainly, it's certainly a concept, but in order to get to martial law, you've got to first federalize those troops federalized National Guard or straight send the army in. And as I said, you can send you know, the army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. The only two that are named are the army and Navy in the legislation, but the Air Force and Marines have been interpreted by courts to also be included. And because it, it covers the military in terms of the, uh, the Posse Comitatus Act, you can't functions. The one group in the military that's excluded from using police function as a way, in, in a certain way is the Coast Guard. And the reason they're secluded, that they're excluded is because one of their duties is to like stop drug trafficking stuff from coming in, stop terrorism coming into ports. So they kind of have a, a, an exemption of sorts. So when we're talking about martial law then, we're really talking about a concept. We don't get to martial law except that you've already federalized the National Guard or sent the military into a state. And at that point, the question So that becomes, comes before martial law. Oh, no question. Sending troops then, in. So he's doing it already. Well, he's threatening to do it. He's threatening to do it. And I'm sure his policy advisors are pushing him to do it. But here's where it gets murky. Because again, it's not like this is a math equation. The courts have split on a lot of this stuff. I mean, for example... But like, he's packed like, the courts, Dr. Well, he, Carr. Well, and here after the conversation we had before. This is why elections matter. They're all the same. No, you don't want a judge on the bench that's going to give this guy free reign. And, and you do, because there are some people in this country, some of my friends will argue, they can pack the courts, but if they break it, that just means it's going to be a revolution. And my answer to them is, you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. Are you built like that? You ready to roll? Like the last poet said, you ready to eat rats to survive? Shoot, you ready to sacrifice your grandmother or maybe your baby girl out there in the street? Because if it does get to that, and that's the danger here. That's why it's certainly alarming to hear him talk like this. But to your point, this guy wouldn't throw rice at a wedding. You know what I'm saying? As LL said, he wouldn't throw a rock in a ghost town. So in other words, you're talking all this stuff. But if you indeed pull this and they do this, do you realize now that you have weaponized the military to go into states and there are more human beings than there are military? And you got to assume that in the military will not break command, not break orders when they're told to shoot their friends and neighbors and family. Because once you've done that, and, and once you federalize the troops or send in the military, and if they do occupy this broad field of uh, martial law as a concept, that means that they have now, uh, uh, they have now assumed the police function, which means the power to arrest, the power to detain, and there's clear, it's clear in the law that one of the things that is said is that you go into, uh, if the military is, is federalized or the federal, if the National Guard is federalized and you send the military in, they cannot try civilians unless there is no functioning court in the place they are. So as, if the court is functioning, the military does not have the ability, the right, the power to try 
someone. But then the question becomes, do they have the power to arrest someone? Well, the courts have said, you know, it's been mixed, but again, it's murky. But what triggers it is if they think, okay, y'all have been overwhelmed. You don't have or to do it, so we're going to step in. But the line is supposed to be drawn between military doing police functions and doing support functions. But if, if in the heat of it, you know, that's where it gets Do they crazy. have the power to kill? Because they're, yes. you're ostensibly saying that we are enemies. Yes. We the citizens are the enemies. Yes. Yes. And, and yes. Yes, yes, and yes. No, no, and no. No, the answer, the, the answer to the answer that is, yes. is in order to restore order. Again, the trigger in the 1807 law, the trigger is whether or not the local law enforcement, local and state law enforcement, um, and either can or won't enforce the law. In order to restore order, arrest, yeah. Deadly force, yeah. And again, the question becomes, is this a matter of degree? Is this a matter, is, or is this a decision without a difference? Because whether you get shot by the local cop, the state trooper, the National Guard under control of the state, or the federalized National Guard and controlled by the president or the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, you still shot. So what Trump is doing is creating a climate in addition to this, because yes, if it's the federal, if, if it's a federalized National Guard or the military, yes, he's the commander. But with the kind of people that are in the military now, if you're in Atlanta, and you got this fool, Brian Kemp, the governor, who stole the election from Stacey Abrams. He's in charge of the National Guard. So he can say, Mr. President, you don't need to uh, federalize us. I'm going to tell the National Guard to shoot people and arrest them. In other words, I got this. See, because every governor, now, mind you, when they had, after in the wake of Hurricane Katrina, when they uh, made those amendments to the, uh, the Act of 1807, which ended up in Section 333, where they said, no, let's enumerate this. Okay, if it's national disasters, or your terrorism, because we want to kind of, you know, governors were like, nah, nah, we don't want the president coming down here for anything. So the governors generally didn't want that because you don't know who's the president's going to be. But right. there, are some, there are some Republican governors in this country who would tell Donald Trump, don't worry about it. Don't worry. You ain't Florida. got to worry about coming over here. We got this. And right. so, yes, deadly force, of course they can use it. We've seen them use it now. And one of the things I'm sure that's really been alarming you, uh, Karen, as a journalist, the intimidation, the arrest, and the harm of journalists. There was a journalist there, uh, yesterday who got her eye. She's permanently blind in one eye. Bullet. Oh. Yeah, uh, yeah. Be good From that rubber bullet. Yeah. I, yeah. I saw, so, I mean, I saw her report that she was going to try to save the eye that she went on Twitter and it, she lost her eye. According to Amy Goodman this morning, on, uh, when I heard on Democracy Now this morning, that's what she said. So, I mean, that's where we are. I mean, oh, we're, we're in a flux moment, but. but uh, well, so wait, not but, to be an alarmist, because I, I immediately called you when I saw the, you know, yeah, the, what was yeah. it, martial law was trending, and I was like, what, what, what the, does this right. mean? <laughs> right. Um, right. Is there a place where we could go that's safe? Like, what, what do we do if, if troops are coming in? There's a curfew. He's talking about a national curfew. How are you going to tell grown people that they got to be in the house, like toddlers? Yes. And, and we got to adhere to that, or else well, what? Karen, uh, let's put it this way, because you and I both have been, again, we talked about this the other day. Um, it's, we're really on the precipice. Um, since we talked, I talked to, you know, our brother Nick Cannon, who 
Minneapolis. Nick went to the corner of 38th and Chicago, did a whole video. I don't know if you've seen, he, he got a video, I can't breathe. I can't breathe oh. again. So, you know, and it's like, it was, it was really remarkable. And talking to Nick, I'm like, Nick, so what's the, what's the deal? He said, well, I'll be out in the streets in LA today. I'm back in LA. I said, oh yeah, so, but you were in Minneapolis. Yeah, man. He said, what I saw there was a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of energy among the people who were out there really mad and doing it for the, you know, this question of liberation struggle. So there a lot, there's a lot of good enthusiasm in the street. Then he said, but I also heard reports from people there that they got people shooting out car windows. These people swear to the police. And we know from our history, of course they have plans. Of course they got agent provocateurs. That's a, and they can't, well, no, we don't. That's a lot. That means you change from every other time in American history. All these elements are in the street. You put a curfew on, like here in D.C. You put a curfew on, like in Atlanta. You put a curfew on, like in Chicago. That means that anybody out after the curfew is breaking the law. That just, in, that enhances the policing function. And we both saw last Saturday night, the young girl from Spelman, the young boy from Morehouse get pulled out of their car. Keisha Lance Bottoms, the mayor, immediately fires the two to put their hands on them and suspends the other three who are there. Okay, that's a mayor trying to do something. But at the same time, if this escalates state of emergency, if it escalates federal takeover or a crazy governor that weaponizes the National Guard with instructions to shoot to kill or put down order, that means people are going to be harmed. And they're already harmed now. These random, I'm sure we've been watching these videos, random shooting bullets, these law enforcement, these guys out here shooting at people just randomly. We are now on the precipice of a moment when law enforcement has been not only weaponized, but has been unleashed by many people. So finally, I would say this. We know the United States of America is and territories, that there is no one people in this country. We, can, we, we call it a nation, but it's really not a nation. It's a lot of different people. The military is uh, certainly is supposed to continue to establish order. So, you know, Trump tweeting law and order. But if he overplays his hand, uh, you remember we talked about this the other day, Newark, 1967, over 100 cities, 1968. When you overplay your hand, you are testing, you are stretching and testing the capacity of the police function to be able to uh, enforce that order. And if you do it, to the point where Trump is now, waving Bibles, clear white nationalist rhetoric, saying I'm against the anti-fascists, well, fascists, right? I'm just very clear. If you're against anti-fascism, then that makes you, you are a fascist, a fascist right? You are a fascist by definition, right? So now it isn't just young girls and boys, and by young, I shouldn't young, young women and men in the streets of Louisville saying justice for Breonna Taylor. It's not just white people call themselves allies out there saying, you know, okay, you pushed her Black Lives now Matter. Up in front of right. her. Right. Now, it's the 75-year-old going to work saying, wait, what? Oh, no, I'm with them. Now, it's the military person out there like, I joined this, I get the GA field in computer science. I'm not shooting this lady right here. You know, if you, if you overheat this, you run the risk of breaking down national order. Because I'm telling you right now, if you loose them in the streets of Chicago, I just really don't see some of these people who ain't political at all giving up their weapons that they've been using on each other in some of these streets and saying, okay, y'all got me. 
But if I'm going to die, this goes back to Claude McKay. Again, Red Summer. If we Claude must McKay. die, let us know they die. <laughs> I mean, this is, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I think Trump could overplay his hand on this one. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what are we to do now? Wait and see? Pray? Well, you know, as I sit Brother here, Carr? as I sit here, sis, as I sit here and hear these helicopters circling, you realize that a lot of this is about intimidation. But let's be very clear. The pandemic, the coronavirus didn't say, oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Guess what? Black lives don't matter to me. White lives don't matter to me. Brown lives don't matter. During this pandemic, I'm seeing all these protests, and I'm looking at people with masks, and I'm looking at a whole lot of people without masks. And I'm saying, hold on. The pandemic is here. So the first thing we have to do, I think, whether we're gonna, if we're going to be in the streets, please be safe. Y'all wear your masks. Understand you're wearing your mask for other people, not for yourself. So if you got a mask on and the person marching next to you doesn't, you need, we, need, we need some PPE out here. Because I'm looking in the streets of Atlanta, I'm looking at these uh, hyper-masculine, you know, police officers, black and white and brown, out there with Brian. no mask on. Right. Saying, what are you doing? You're you, you going to infect. Because guess what? Coronavirus don't care about you. I'm law enforcement, and now you dead law enforcement because you out here with no mask, and she on here with no mask, and y'all coughing on each other. So that's number one, be safe. Number two, I think some of this is going to have to run its course. So our elected officials cannot shrink from their duty. Everybody's being tested now. When Keisha Lance Bottoms fires those police, I want to believe, and I'd like to believe, and I believe, I don't know her, but I suspect that I believe that she did that because it was the right thing to do, and she moved very quickly. Now, a few hours later, she's saying law enforcement, you know, we got to respect them. We got to be, she's being pushed and put in an impossible situation. Like Muriel Bowser here in DC, Lori Lightfoot in Chicago. I got to maintain order. However, if this thing escalates and Trump tries to do this, every official is going to have to make a choice. In other words, if you send the army into my city, you are an occupying force. And now I stand with the protesters because you've overridden my authority. And I'm not going to go on a press conference with the general and be standing next to her, next to him saying, yes, well, you, no, no. I, too, am a hostage in my city. And see, what happens is the only thing that can defeat fascism is the people. And if you push this too far, there are going to be people who say, you know what, I don't think anybody should be killed, but I've been Black Lives Matter kids is too much for me. And these white kids out here, I don't even know if they for anything. They just out here smack. But you know what? Once you sent the police in like this, I'm with them. And if too many people go, I'm with them, what you going to do, drop a nuclear weapon? Just don't even say that. Don't no, even. But I'm, but I'm, no, but I'm saying, the, the, because, because yeah. what I'm saying is, if it gets to the point, he's already unhinged. But if it gets to the point where these fascists go past any defensible behavior, I think at that point, the national legislature has to step in. Meaning that, you know, these Republicans who have stood lockstep with him because they want their judges, which one of y'all is going to say, this ain't about admonishing him. Tim Scott, bro, what you doing, Senator? Right. You, go, you, 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 you going to Orangeburg, you going to Columbia, you going to Charleston, South Carolina, when they rolling over tanks and they got your grandmother in the, in the hair and then somebody gets shot, you with them, big boy? Because if you with them, big boy, let's be very clear. Say it with your whole chest. Because at this moment, we're not going back to the world we were in before this thing no. went down. That's a fact. That's yeah. a fact. So I, I think everybody's going to have to make a choice, Karen. This, they're, they're, as Dr. King said, 
there is no thing as such thing as neutral. You're on one side or the other. Trump is making it impossible for any of us to sit anything out, even if we stay sheltered in place. Your, your, your silence is your violence. Your silence is your violence. No question. You're with them. Yeah. You're with them. Yeah. Let me, let me thank you. We're going to keep having these conversations, and I appreciate you being available uh, yeah. to have these conversations because uh, it's cathartic for me. Uh, I just need to hear some rationale behind what we're, the senselessness that we're seeing. And it's yes. good to know that um, you know some things. So, I Well, uh, listen, I appreciate you. I appreciate your classroom because you're the one convening the classroom. We having these conversations, but you're making it available to everybody, to everybody watching. I appreciate the comments. And most importantly, I appreciate independent Black news sources and the fearless type of journalism. That's, that's why when you said, so let me go put my Ida B. Wells on. What would Ida B. Wells be doing today? She'd be Karen Hunter. So <laughs> no, she would. She'd be Ida B. Wells. I'd be serving under her, for sure. I would uh, be shoulder to shoulder yeah. swinging. So I, I appreciate you, sis. Love and respect, Thank always. Thank you. All right, go follow him at Africana Car. Subscribe to this channel, and we're going to keep this going. In class with Car, that's the hashtag. I love you. Love you, too.